Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 200 of The Informed Catholic, episode 200. We are in the fourth week of Advent, fourth week of Advent, and this episode is going to be a little different. I'm going to read the passage from Matthew. Matthew's Gospel on the Nativity. Uh, So, let's begin with the opening prayer before reading Scripture. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, you instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, this is from uh, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, starting from verse 18. We're going to go down to verse 25. Verse 25. Okay, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The birth of Jesus Christ occurred. In this way, when his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they came to live together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph was a just man and did not wish to expose her to the ordeal of public disgrace. Therefore, he resolved to divorce her quietly. After he had decided to follow this course of action, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do do not be afraid to receive Mary into your home as your wife, for this child has been conceived in her womb through the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son And you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place in order to fulfill what the Lord has announced through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, a name that means God is with us. When Joseph rose from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary into his home as his wife, but he engaged in no material marital relationship relations with her until she gave birth to a son whom he named Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So, the birth of Jesus Christ occurred in this way. Matthew starts off with those words. The birth of Jesus Christ occurred in this way. When his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they came to live together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, was a just man and did not wish to expose her to the ordeal of public disgrace. Therefore, he resolved to divorce her quietly. We're going to stop there. And what we're going to do is let's close our eyes and let's use our imagination to engage in this meditation. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to help us get involved in the story, get involved in, in this meditation. Come, O Holy Spirit, and teach us. Come, O Holy Spirit, and teach us. Come, O Holy Spirit, and teach us. So, Nazareth. Now, in Nazareth, let's just imagine a town, a village. In Galilee, let's let's picture this town. Let's imagine pine trees. Maybe kind of like cedar. And let's imagine the sound of sheep, goats, chickens. And we can maybe hear voices of children. Um, people talking in Aramaic, maybe women. And... We can imagine uh, people working, uh, like grinding flour. Um, you hear maybe uh, men's voices as uh, maybe they're chopping wood. Definitely we can hear donkeys. And... We might even see people working on the rooftop, depending on the time of the, the year. And we can hear the sheep. Uh, definitely in the background, maybe we might even hear the sound of a dog if, if it's permitted in a village. Picture uh, these rocky fenced walls and you might even see people out in the field working during the harvest uh, um, in their farms you hear cows definitely we can hear cows and 
depending on the time of the day. If it's during high noon, it's hot and sunny, depending on the time of the year as well, if it's early spring or summer. And we might see someone carrying water, a woman possibly, who carries the water. And you can probably hear the sound of chopping or people, you might even see someone uh, working in a house or something. We can probably picture Joseph, probably a man somewhere in his, uh, let's, let's say between 18 and 25 years of age, working in his uh, yard. He's, he might have an apron on. He might have uh, a skull cap or maybe a scarf wrapped around his head. And he might be walking around barefooted. Maybe he might be wearing some sandals. And like I said, you might see women um, sifting through wheat at the, at the grinding mill. Perhaps the village may even have a grinding mill in the center of the village uh, to grind the mill for the people. A lot maybe being pulled by a donkey or a cow. And you might see Roman soldiers riding their horses through or marching through. Also, you might see a synagogue somewhere, probably in the center of the town. You might see students, young boys, mostly at that time, not the girls, but they were going through Torah lessons with perhaps the rabbi or one of the rabbis or someone who could be appointed to teach them their Torah lessons. And this would be Nazareth. The houses, depending, some of them might have domes, maybe. Some of them might be flat, depending on the person, if he's rich or he has more money. There might be another floor to the house, perhaps. There would be a backyard, um, maybe. Or maybe someone might have a front yard. You might see them planting things in their their yard. It, the town would probably be maybe the average, depending on how big Nazareth was. Let's say maybe no more than 170 to 200, maybe, depending on the population and maybe depending on the... Uh, the lifespan of some individuals, depending on how many kids, because back then, um, children's um, life expectancy was short, depending on sickness or disease. Infant, infant uh, life expectancy was high risk, depending how well they eat, how healthy, and also sickness. Now, Mary was possibly somewhere 
engage between 13 to 15 years of age. Now, the text here says that they're engaged and the engagement was already considered a legal marriage. Now, the customs, depending on scholars, what they tell you on the region, it most likely they had to wear it. They had to wait a year. So she might have been engaged at 14 or 13, depending depending on, 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 on the parents and everything. Her parents traditionally, traditionally, is believed to be Joachim, her father, Joachim, and Anna. And she was their only child. And tradition in the Catholic Church, sacred tradition tells us that she was conceived through natural human means. Her parents had intercourse. But the church teaches us that Mary was saved by God and given a special grace, a singular grace, only for her, that her soul was preserved from the, the sin of Adam and Eve. That's why she's called the Immaculate Conception, meaning she was conceived through natural means. Her soul was preserved from the sin of Adam and Eve. And this was given to her, this, this was her salvation, that Christ did this for his mother in eternity, in beyond time and eternity, so she can be his mother. So she can, she, she can, she, Protestants like to use the term sinner, that she was a sinner, that Mary was a sinner. That's not possible. Because no sin can touch Jesus. And why would he not prepare her? It makes sense if that we have an Adam, a new, Christ is the new Adam, that Mary, his mother, is the new Eve. But we're digressing here. We're trying to get to know, which we're trying to listen to what God's telling us through, through these people. And this is important. Joseph wanted to divorce her. The text doesn't say he thinks she committed an act of adultery. That's why he, that this was, this was something that was, that came through the mind of people because they're not paying attention to the text. Joseph was a just man and did not wish to expose her to the ordeal of public disgrace. Therefore, he resolved to divorce her quietly. Why? Why? What is it? Why, was, why does he want to do it quietly? Why isn't he angry? Does he does does it say in the text that he thinks she cheated on him? That she went and had a, a fun time with a boy that was she was a teenage girl to to curl to climb out of the window in the middle of the night and go out party and drinking? No, it doesn't say that in the text. And I believe the reason why he wanted to do it quietly. 
is not because he didn't believe her. I believe he he does believe her. I believe in his heart. He knew she was telling the truth. And I believe in his heart. He loved her, but he didn't think he was worthy, that he was part of God's plan. Because God didn't speak to him. He loved Mary and he believed her. In his heart, Joseph knew she was telling the truth. She's incapable of lying. He just didn't believe that he was worthy. That he was, that God wanted him around. We, it's, it's this whole concept that he wanted to divorce her quietly. And the idea that he thinks that she's a, 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 a sex wild teenager. No. He knew Mary was holy. Joseph knew in his heart she's holy. She's incapable of guile. She's incapable of this kind of behavior. She had free will. But he knew in his heart she would never do anything like this. And in his heart, he knew she was telling him the truth. Only truth can come out of Mary. Only she she's one of the, probably in his heart, the most purest of all creatures on the earth. The most holy of all God's creatures. Just is imagine him. He's thinking this to himself. He's thinking to himself and he believes it. Mary is telling the truth. But God may not want me around. Maybe I'm not worthy. She's too holy for me. She's too beautiful. She's the most precious of all God's creatures. And he loved her and he believed it. So... We're going to go to the next paragraph here. So, he decides that maybe he's not part of this. After he decided to follow this course of action, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said to Joseph, said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to receive Mary into your home as your wife. Do not be afraid. The angel doesn't say, do not believe that Mary committed any sinful act. The angel doesn't say that. The angel doesn't say, Joseph, Mary is innocent of any sexual immorality. No, it doesn't say that. It's he, the angel says, do not be afraid. Joseph, son of David, he addresses him as a descendant of David. Do not be afraid to receive Mary into your home as your wife. For this child has been conceived in her room through the Holy Spirit. Now, He needed, he needed confirmation that he is to be part of this. 
It doesn't say he believed that she committed an act of sin. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that he thought anything like that. No. But he is... He is to take her into his home to receive her. And... be part of this spiritual epic. To be part of this... this glory. It's... It really, I think, if you look at it carefully, you'll see this. The child that's conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Through her, in the womb, through the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus. In other words, you are going to be part of this. You are meant to be part of this. All this happened according to timing of God. You are meant to be part of this fantastic adventure. This, this, this unbelievable epic adventure. It's fantastic. All this, and then when he got up, you know, the angel told them that the, the, the angel said that this is going to be the Savior that will save his people from their sins. The angel gives him all this. The angel gives him this, this fantastic revelation. And it's a beautiful revelation. But guess what? <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing, right? He gets up and he does exactly what the angel said he should do. And it's amazing when you see the next sentence here. All this took, took place in order to fulfill what the Lord has announced through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear us and bear and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, a name that means God is with us. And when Joseph rose from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary into his home and as his wife, but he engaged no in no marital relationship with her until she gave birth to a son whom he named Jesus, Savior. God saves. It's beautiful. And it definitely says a lot. I mean, it, it says everything to us. It's amazing. Okay, so let's move on here. Now, remove from your mind uh, the typical idealistic, attractive images of Joseph and Mary. You know, those picturesque images that we see on our, cal on our Catholic calendars, uh, what we see in paintings in museums, or uh, what we see in, um, in movies. You know, basically, if we saw them, you would probably never think that it's Joseph and Mary. You would probably see uh, people you might think are not very attractive. You know, um, 
when we see these people like in the Middle East, the real photos, the real images of Bedouins and uh, people living in, uh, uh, you know, really primitive looking villages, uh, the faces, uh, you probably think to yourself, wow, you know, this is a very unattractive, uh, not something I would want to live. You would not want to be one of them. I've, I've been to the Middle East. I've been to, uh, to the Holy Land. I've lived there a few years and there are still people living as Bedouins. And there are some people living in undeveloped villages. I mean, today, probably, you know, a lot more developed than it was years ago. Some of them, you probably would think to yourself, don't look very attractive. You know, they didn't have, uh, they had a hard life. They lived, um, you know, very harshly, uh, worked very hard, hard labor, worked in the sun, uh, never had good dental, uh, hygiene or, you know, access to good dentist. Um, some of them, uh, have calluses, uh, sunburnt skin, leathery looking skin. Uh, you see some of the older people, they've been born in generations where they didn't have access to anything and lived a very harsh life. Yeah. I'm afraid that's, you know, it's probably far more harsher than we think. I mean, we picture Mary uh, quite attractive in the um, in the paintings, the statues we make, but that's only cultural and removed from centuries. So. You know, and also that came down to us, the images that we have are images that came down to us from from European and ancient Rome and uh, icons uh, and uh, Renaissance paintings. If we saw the real Blessed Mother, she would probably be completely should probably con contradict her real appearance of what she looked like in history would contradict everything you think you knew. Everything. Now she probably, I'm sure, according to the standards of her time, and I'm not being disrespectful, I'm just saying that we have a preconceived view of the reality of the time they lived. Even if we saw our Lord Our Lord himself, what he looked and the way he looked at the time, even the apostles, it would contradict everything you think you knew or you thought you knew. And it would probably, it would shock you. It would shock me too. Trust me, even someone like me, even though I'm talking about this, I'm just saying, just remove what you think you know. She, they're living in, a, in the first century. 
she she probably was a very dark-skinned, obviously dark-skinned young woman coming from the Middle East, wore clothes that was completely not looking attractive, maybe, I'm sure, made by her mother, designed by her mother, sewed together according to culture and traditions of the time. To the customs of the time was required by, by Jewish custom and religion. Um, had a head covering. Right? She was probably um, very dark skinned. Very dark hair. She might have had brown eyes. She might have had the features of what most Middle Eastern Semitic people of that era will look like close to, uh, maybe she might have had hazel eyes, obviously hazel was uh, the a possibility. Um, and she would have been very shy, didn't speak to strangers didn't look strangers in the eye. There were certain customs uh, of how you talk to people, even people who were, you know, elders. You didn't, you know, you got permission from your parents when to speak to someone. There's a lot of, a lot, a lot we, you know, we have to take in. Joseph himself was probably, like I said, maybe somewhere between 18 to 25. Uh, he would have probably been an apprentice to somebody. Um, maybe his father could have been uh, a carpenter or a uh, a craftsman. Uh, he probably would have worked in construction, building houses, uh, building homes. He would have worked with stone. He might have been a blacksmith also. The word carpenter was craftsman. And he, they would have been very religious. You would have seen them wearing very religious uh, outfits, especially the, uh, you, you know how you see some Jewish men would have tassels, the four tassels, and, uh, two hanging in the front, two hanging in the back, uh, representing the four corners of the earth where God, God always rules over the four corners of the earth. And uh, they would have followed the daily customs of their uh, of, of Jewish customs, getting up in the morning, saying prayers. Mary herself would have followed the same customs. Uh, they would have followed the purification customs. Um, they would have done the three daily prayers during the day, and they would have uh, she would have been preparing food uh, and every everything that's required. By, by the law of Moses, they would have obeyed it. And so, he took her into his home. But this is Matthew's account. And we have the account for, uh, for Luke, what Luke tells us. And that's also going to be something we're going to go through. We're going to go through that. So, Joseph rose from sleep. He did 
what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary into his home as his wife, but he engaged in no marital relations with her until she, she gave birth to a son whom she named Jesus. Now, this was this is a very controversial piece because a lot of Protestants say that that means that there was relations. This is basically a customary um, style of talk. It doesn't mean necessarily that something did happen. The footnote here in the New Catholic Version. Let's see what it says here. Um, how it hands engaged in no marital relations, literally did not know. No being the usual word for conjugal relations. The meaning of he engaged in no marital relations with her is without his knowing her, she bore a son. The Hebrew word <clears throat> until neither implies nor excludes marital conduct after Jesus' birth. <clears throat> yeah, well, let's let's look at this very carefully here. Protestants love to say that there were other children. Let's be serious here. He just got a revelation that this young woman that he's engaged to, that he is now legally married to, the engagement to them is a legal marriage. It's a legal contract. And he just found out somehow before the angel told him from her and possibly her parents that doesn't tell us how her parents found out. It doesn't matter because obviously she was still living under her parents' home. Let's assume, yes, it doesn't tell us if both her parents were alive, but let's assume that they're both alive. And even if, let's say, one passed away like the father, we're going to still going to go through the same, the same scenario, uh, you know, possibilities of what scenario we could, we could understand. She just found out herself. We know this from Luke's account that the angel Gabriel came to her in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy and revealed to her of her of her highly exalted spiritual state that God has kept her in all her life. And now that she is going to give birth to the Son of God, and that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon her and overshadow her, and the child she will conceive will be called Holy, the Son of God, and that he will inherit the throne of his father David and rule over the house of Jacob forever. And that his kingdom will have no end. Her parents had to, you know, she must have told her parents. And her parents believed her. It doesn't tell us any conflict of them believing her or not believing her. They believed her. They know their daughter doesn't lie. They know she's not capable of that kind of guile. He, Joseph, is engaged to this young woman. It doesn't tell us he didn't believe her. 
He believed her. She's telling him the truth. And he knows she's telling him the truth. We already went through the fact that he most likely did not think he had any part in it, which is why he was thinking of divorcing her quietly, not to make a public example of her. And while he was pondering this, while he was, um, he after he decided to follow this course of action, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to receive Mary into your home as your wife. He was afraid. He was afraid because he did not think he had any part in it. He did not think he could handle this revelation. But now that God appeared to him and told him you are to take her as your wife, this strengthened his faith that he could do this. So would you honestly believe that he would? they would engage in sexual intercourse afterward? Now, someone would say, well, why not? The woman has been chosen to give birth to the Messiah, the Son of God. I don't believe, it's not uncommon for, for to be celibate marriages. I know something in the modern world, we find that so strange. But there are cases in, 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 in religious communities, even among the Jews, where there are husbands and wives that are committed to holiness and choose not to engage in sexual intercourse. In this highly sexed world, we find it almost completely impossible because our sexual obsession, we, we, we use sex for entertainment. We use sex for, for exploitation. We exploit children. Young people go on TikTok and, and, and Facebook and Instagram and humiliate themselves and think they, their value comes with their body. Okay, this is how, this is how we have been trained to think. We don't put value in sexuality in holiness. We don't, we don't look at sexuality in example of holiness, that the body is the temple. The whole concept of the body is the temple of the Lord is alien to the, to this younger generation. It's absolutely, they're, they're completely, um, been completely um, corrupted by this. You know, I mean, think about it. You go to school at the age of seven, they give you uh, uh, flyers for birth control. And then by the time, which, which means they're already getting you ready to get pregnant, that birth control won't work. So that you can go to Planned Parenthood and have an abortion. They're preparing your fall. They're preparing you to ruin your life. This is how they think. So the concept of holiness is alien. It's just unbelievable, right? That's how they think. All right. Um, we're going to end it here. All right. So um, let's say an Our Father. 
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We'll get back later on. Uh, we'll continue. And I'm going to still continue the readings for uh, Advent. <laughs> 